Now it is time for the Data Difference Podcast, where we go beyond algorithms, petabytes, and neural nets, and instead cover the soft side of data science. Find us on soundcloud.com slash data difference. Hello, everyone. My name is Dave Mathias, and I'm excited to welcome you to episode one of the Data Difference Podcast. In this episode, Edward Gennard, David Quimby, and myself talk about what we mean when we say the soft side of data science and what we hope for you to get out of this podcast. Over the years, Edward, David, and myself have talked about this area a lot, and there's a lot of nuances, and we figured why not share our thoughts and bring others into this conversation. We think data science overall will benefit more from conversations around this area. Now, just to give you some perspective, though, this is Edward, David, and my first podcast, and after recording, we do realize we sound a little bit like we were on a panel in our responses, a little stiff maybe, but we also know we'll get better. We also know that the sound will get better as we go on, so we appreciate your patience as we get better along this journey. We look forward to starting on this journey, though, with you and appreciate any advice you have. Reach out to us at datadifference at gmail.com or reach out to us individually on LinkedIn or Twitter, which is available in the show notes. So let's get this experiment going. And now to episode one. Hello, everyone. This is Dave Mathias with Data Difference. Here today is with Edward Chenard and David Quimby. So we're talking about the softer side of data science or the soft side of data science. And what does that mean to each of us? We're going to start uh, just going around the room talking about that. And so, Edward, what's soft side of data science mean for you? Uh, soft side of data science for me is uh, a lot about uh, the people aspects of data, how we manage the data, how we interpret the data. Uh, oftentimes, it's, it's a very technical field. And that that softer side is often neglected or ignored. To me, it is very important. So I guess what I'll say, and I'll, I'll just go back a little bit to uh, the, the title of the podcast, Data Difference. And, and uh, what, you know, what, what that means to me is, is it's kind of two, twofold meaning. One is uh, the difference of data. What is the difference that data makes and how is you know, data changing in, you know, in our organizations and how... Uh, is it changing the way that our organizations operate? But also, uh, what is the difference in our approach to data? Um, and that's to me part of part of our identity. Part of our you know our our our, our title is um, data difference means that we're looking at this softer side, and and it's the the part that can tend to get ignored. We can get really focused on data crunching and algorithms and that sort of thing. And there's a whole ecosystem around uh, data from you know perspective of system science. We say that. All systems operate in a context of a supersystem, and they contain subsystems. The supersystem, I think, of, of data science is, and this is also true of innovation more broadly, is uh, the broader organizational context, the behavioral aspect and social aspects of problem space of you know what we're trying to what we're trying to address. Um, one uh, one axiom I like to use is that innovation is 80% uh, social, and I think we need to address that aspect when we're using data science for innovation and when we're innovating within data science. So, I mean, for me, data science, the the, the difference is uh, the soft side as, as we're talking, because I think um, we quickly jump right to uh, cool algorithms, AI, all the cool tools that are out there. Uh, but we're always trying to get business value. And, and really to get business value is you need to understand your customer and you need to understand 
uh, empathy and, and all these things around uh, that are important, uh, just like if you're a product manager or whatever your, your discipline is. So I, I don't think data science is that much different than anything else that uh, the soft side skills are still valued. And, you know, historically, we've had a lot of soft skills um, that have been important, whether it's in liberal arts education or other areas. Um, it's just, I think with the data science now, it's, we've, we've sort of we're looking at this nice shiny object and all these cool things that we can do. Um, and sometimes it's easy to forget uh, those things that have worked so well with other disciplines. Uh, and those soft skills are, are part of that. And A key word there, uh, Dave, was um, customer experience. And I think if you look at the ultimate journey, the ultimate purpose, the reason why we're doing um, data science is really to understand the customer and improve the customer experience. That's, the, you know, and there's all all sorts of you know accessory purposes as well, but that's sort of the core purpose. And you can't understand a customer in a vacuum. You can't understand. There's a domain expertise that's relevant, and and somehow that domain expertise needs to be combined with the data science. And it's either within the individual who's doing data science or within subject matter experts who are working seamlessly with uh, the data scientist to connect uh, those behavioral aspects that are you know going to inform customer experience and improve. Uh, customer experience. There's, there, the, the domain is a softer side. If you're trying to understand the customer and improve the customer experience, you need the softer disciplines seamlessly connected with the data science. So we'll talk about ways of making that connection to happen, uh, mm -hmm. uh, making that connection happen, um, lots of ways to do it. But that's, that's a piece of the equation to do it success, uh, successfully, effectively. I mean, the classic Venn diagram has uh, has, the, <clears throat> has domain always in it. I mean, I always see domain reference, and we all talk about it as, as essential, but do we think that most data science teams have sort of forgotten that domain need? Do they hire without it? I mean, do analytics organizations, I mean, what do you think, Edward? You've been in a number of organizations. Where, how, do you, how, do you, how do you think that domain compares to the, the focus on those other areas that we see listed? Well, I think most teams over-index on the STEM skills, and they forget the need for, uh, you know, the domain expertise, but also there's the aspect of just understanding the humanities in general, and how that influences your ability to think through problems and, and understand them in a broader perspective. Uh, so, so those aspects are missing in pretty much every team. Uh, there, there's a few teams that, that have those skill sets in there, but in terms of having them as in a data scientist, it's almost unheard of, and that's because most companies, they, they believe, well, you need to have stat skills, programming skills. That understanding of sociology, psychology, tends not to play a big part in, in that equation when it comes to hiring. Therefore, you, those skill sets just aren't there. Then you also have the skill sets of just being able to communicate uh, in general. Uh, again, somebody who has a PhD in statistics, you know, the going joke is you don't hire for personality. Uh, but you really do need someone who has a personality, and that, again, is the softer side. Just saying, rely on the data, trust my numbers, that, that often isn't, isn't good enough, particularly when you're talking about data science programs are set up uh, in a lot of companies to help save them from uh, new competition. You, you have to understand that as a data scientist, you're often the, the spear tip of helping people to keep their jobs, and that means having the empathy and understanding of what it is your work is having an impact on in terms of the greater picture for that organization. Data science, while it's maybe newer in the sense of the term used, analytics date back years ago, and, and there's been, you know, decades of, of people using analytics and data, you know, and making business decisions. And obviously, it's it's different now with the amount of compute and, and all the different things that we, we have access to now. 
But I mean, is there something we can look back to to say, has this happened where now it's, uh, you know, one of the sexiest jobs, data sciences, and we're, you know, hearing st uh, statistics of 300 to 500,000. So everyone's thinking, okay, this must be a superhero type person that's fitting this role. But is there anything we can look back into where sort of where the data science uh, team or uh, and data scientists fall um, in current state? compared to maybe some other areas in a, that maybe went through a, a hype cycle and, and, you know, where we are and where, how do we keep uh, evolving out of this? Well, yeah, just look at the, uh, the dot-com era of the late uh, 90s. Uh, you, you had web developers, DBAs with almost no experience or education making six figures and basically coming in and saying, we're, we're going to change everything up. You have to focus on e-commerce now. That, that's your, your business is to, to be online. And they, they were quite disruptive. And, of course, once the, the bubble popped, uh, we, we saw very much a, a flushing out of a lot of people from that space. Now, is data science going to go down that, that path? You know, that, that's still up in the air. But if you look at the numbers, it, it looks like it could be heading towards that, that, uh, that same conclusion in some ways. Most data science projects don't succeed, and only 15% of uh, companies out there really have a data science uh, practice up and running. Most of them are spending $10 million plus a year and seeing very little in terms of financial return on that investment. That can't last forever. And just saying, trust my numbers, trust the data, isn't going to be enough to keep those practices going. They're going to have to learn to cooperate to work with other people in the organization and to be able to express themselves to other people in the organization and get buy-in. And that, that's very important. Right now, it's in that point where it's sexy, it's cool, everybody wants it. When that wears off, you got to be able to sell it. And most teams, I don't think, can sell themselves if they were put in that position today. Well, you hit a couple interesting points there, Dave. One is, uh, you know, has this been around, you know, for, you know, forever? I mean, to me, you know, uh, quantitative analysis has been around for a long time, and I, you know, I would not make a huge distinction between what we're calling data science today, and uh, you know what what has been you know quantitative analysis all along, along with experimental design, hypothesis testing, uh, that sort of thing. We just we want to give it a new name, and that's kind of what we do from time to time. Fundamentally, you know, I would argue there's not a you know a real watershed difference as we've, you know, we've just sort of moved through the information revolution and through data processing and these things, you know, to where the focus is on, you know, data and the data term. And we said, well, we got to have a science, you know, that we call it. So we're calling it data science. I'm going to argue it's not, not really fundamentally different than quantitative analysis. Also back to your, you know, which has been around, you know, for a long time and really hasn't, you know, the principles of it haven't really changed that much. They're still tried and true. Uh, back to your Venn diagram, which is, you know, where things start to, you know, that's where the plot starts to thicken and what is the intersection in the Venn diagram and how do we cross that intersection and make that inter intersection more more fluid, uh, more, you know, more effective, um, is I think what lies in that intersection is what I would call the framing the problem, you know, and that's what, that's what a lot of times gets missed when these, the two sides of the equation, the quote-unquote hard side and soft side, don't uh, seamlessly interact as you don't get effective framing. You don't get definition of the problem. What's the problem we're trying to solve? What's the problem we're solving? You know, first of all, let's identify a problem, then let's define the problem, then let's frame the problem, define some objectives, what are the sort of things we want to measure. A parallel going back to uh, 
Lean Innovation and, and Eric Ries, who talked about um, build, measure, learn. That was sort of a fundamental concept, the build, measure, learn cycle of Lean Innovation. And then along came someone named Zach Nees, I said, and I, I think his name was, and said, there's a node missing here. The cycle is really a four-step cycle. It's really frame, build, measure, learn, frame, build, measure, learn. And I think that's a piece of the cycle that gets missed if the team isn't effectively interdisciplinary enough. Now we can talk about, is it interdisciplinary teams overall that find ways to connect those disciplines or is it interdisciplinary individuals or some combination? But I think, you know, going back to your Venn diagram, what is that intersection and what's missing and where do things break? I think it's that, that problem piece and framing the problem, identifying the problem. That's a good point. I mean, do you think that part of the problem is, is even the Venn diagram and how it's perceived is, hey, as long as you can have, uh, you, you've worked in the healthcare area, so you satisfy the healthcare domain and you, you have a master's in statistics and you have, uh, you know, how to program in Python. So, okay, you're, you're capable now of actually going and being a data scientist. And so people say, okay, check each of the boxes. So I'm at, I'm at a good state and, and I don't need to worry about what the business says because I can sort of drive problems because I have experience in that industry. Do you think it's something like that? Or do you, how do you think this, um, where, where the problem's not being framed? Because, you know, companies are framing problems all the time for anything else that they're doing. What, why, why is the problem and the focus on, on framing, why is it not occurring as well? in this data science area uh, and hence things are not getting out of a sort of proof of concept stage in, in production. Sure, yeah, great question. I'm sure Edward has some thoughts. I guess what you know comes to mind for me is is it takes a discipline. It, you know, it's 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 truly a science, you know, that are, are we doing experimental design? Are we using hypothesis testing? Are we defining a, a problem and then saying we're going to go gather this data to answer, you know, the question that we've framed? And I think with with data science and the rush to data and the huge data sets and what's involved in in sort of massaging those data sets and exploring the data sets and understanding them and then crunching on them, the focus tends to run towards jumping on the data right away versus having that kind of scientific discipline of framing the problem. And, and the tricky part is the, the framing is it truly requires domain expertise. It, 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 it's not going to happen if there's not domain expertise either in in the individual who's doing the problem solving or across a team. And so it's it's hard to do. It's hard. Individuals who have that interdisciplinary set of skills is rare, and getting teams to work in an inter getting interdisciplinary teams to work is also difficult. It's very worthwhile and, and very you know, beneficial when it when it happens, but it's difficult to do. And um, and so we jump to the data. I would argue it's just the lack of discipline and lack of patience saying here's a process for doing, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, this, you know, this process, um, or here's a process for pursuing this goal or pursuing this problem, and we jump to the data. There's just there's the lure of the data. There's the lure of the tools. There's the lure of sexy algorithms that can, you know, spit out interesting results. But the question is, are they meaningful results if we haven't framed the framed the problem? Well, I, I think. What we call a data scientist today, that definition keeps evolving and changing. But for the most part, what a data science really does hasn't changed. Uh, as, as we come up with the shortcomings of what data scientists do, I think many of them are saying, well, I can do UX as well. I can do some web, web coding. I, I can also run a P&L and I can go out and hire people. But when you really boil it down, are there some who do that? Yes. But that's truly, you're looking at other disciplines now. And you're really looking at a different role now. 
somebody who runs a team versus somebody who does the, the actual data munging tend to be very different skill sets, very different personalities, very different focuses. When, when you start actually putting this into practical senses of how, how does this team work, I think a lot of companies fall into the trap where they want a good data scientist to run their data science team. But what you find is somebody who's really good at data science tends not to be a very good manager because that's now all of a sudden a different personality, different skill set. And what I'm trying to get there is that that Venn diagram that we're talking about, we're talking about a very core data science person, not to be confused with some, some other aspects around running data science itself, where I, I do think sometimes it's better just to hire somebody who's really good at coding or doing statistics let them do the work. Don't, let them, don't have them work on anything else. Uh, hire other people to handle the other aspects of it. And that, that I think, is really where, where companies should be focusing on. Unfortunately, most of them, they just want the purple squirrel. They can do everything. Those people don't exist. And if they do exist, they're probably making seven figures right now. And they're not going to come work for you for 150000 a year. Breaking this down for the audience, what are the sort of the top couple things, two or three items, skills that, you know, translate that we use, whether it's empathy, whether it's um, certain communication skills, what are, what are some of those soft skills that sort of jump out as, as gaps that you're seeing in data science teams? And it doesn't have to be, like you say, the data scientist actually having it. It's maybe that the manager doesn't have it. Somebody on the team should have the skill that, that we're not seeing consistently across organizations, but yet it should be there in those, those teams. Any thoughts, uh, Edward? Well, I think uh, just being humble is in short supply in general in, in the space. And it's one of these things where it's hot, you get attention, you get large budgets, large salaries. Sometimes these people are fairly young and they're making 200000 a year and they, you know, they, they feel like you know, they're, they're on top of the world. And here comes somebody who's making 150000 20 years of experience who really knows the space and the person data science is like, I know what I'm doing. Well, trust me, that, that person who's probably been doing it 20 years probably knows some of the nuances the data scientist doesn't. And more people in this space just need to be humble and really take the time to know that, to really feel like they don't know everything. I had this conversation last week where someone was like, on a scale of one to five, how would you rate yourself in terms of knowing the space and all the technology. And I said, a three. I said, I don't think anybody could give themselves a five. I said, if you're really honest with yourself, there's so much happening, particularly in open source. You can't, it's a full-time job just to keep up with everything. I would never give myself a five, even if I thought I, I really knew the space because I'm humble enough to know there's, there's a lot out there I don't know. So that, for me, I think that's the top thing that, that people need to, to bring to it. It kind of makes you much more approachable too. Because, uh, you know, I've run into a lot of people who would like to learn about data science, but they, they feel intimidated because they don't know anything about linear regressions, decision trees, or, or you know, whatever. Just, just having that being humble and, and showing a sense of uh, humility, I, I think, uh, is something that really goes a long way. That makes a lot of sense. How are you, David? Well, so, uh, Dave, you mentioned empathy and, 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 you know, of course, in the broader context of design thinking, which hopefully applies to the way we uh, designer organizations these days. Um, I, I think it's a matter of the both sides of the equation. Again, we're probably oversimplifying by talking about this Venn diagram and the hard side and the soft side. But ultimately, there needs to be probably a a more seamless interaction between the two sides. Right now, I'd call it somewhat disconnected and and rather brittle versus moving in a more robust direction in which 
there's really more of an overlap of the knowledge between the two sides of the equation if they're going to if they're going to operate more seamlessly yeah the domain experts have all that domain knowledge but they're going to need to speak a little more in the direction of the data science piece they're going to need they don't need to be data scientists but they need to understand i think scientific method and, and, and hypothesis testing and framing a problem and deciding what's the problem we're solving and what's the you know what's the um what's the data we're going to go get on the on the hard side i think there needs to be and, and probably there's going to be more of a migration from the soft side to the hard side than from the hard side to the soft side but i think that there needs to be that piece of the equation as well is on the quote-unquote hard side of the equation more sort of interchange more understanding of what are the you know what are the disciplines involved in the broader organizational context? What is customer experience? What are the objectives of customer experience? What are the behavioral factors underlining it, uh, underlying it, and 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 more of an overlap? You know, I think you know by definition that Venn diagram implies an intersection, but right now it's brittle. And how can we make it more robust? And that means both sides of the equation learning more about the other side and that's that's empathy mm -hmm. yeah i think empathy is great and, and of course humility is always good no matter what position but certainly especially in this more hot time of data science that's even more important i mean the other thing that i think uh from from mine i would say empathy is my top one but the other thing would be actually on the just the ability to communicate concisely whether it's your executives whether it's your manager whether it's your team whichever position you're in whichever setting you're in being able to communicate concisely both with your verbal skills your written skills is underappreciated and and not just communicating concisely it's not with acronyms not with it's using direct sort of plain speak to get people focused on you're solving a customer problem how to be most effective in solving the customer problem having that communication helps especially when you're talking about uh, having folks on the business side and also on the hardcore uh, data scientists being able to interact if they can have a common language that they can speak and understand that others are coming from you know a place of, of different perspective language is the way we, we get across that. So in this podcast, when we're talking about uh, the softer side of data science, what, what do we hope to get out of this, Edward, for the audience? Well, you know, this this kind of all goes back to when Dave Quimby and I last year got together and we did a presentation uh, with, with a very similar title. And the the issue that we, we were talking about back then is, is still around today, which is that, you know, th this is an evolving field. And that means we, we haven't solved all the problems yet around what is data science? How do we put it best to, to use in an organization? And, and a lot of that has to do with, yeah, there, there's great coders, great mathematicians out there uh, who just sort of languish sometimes because they can't get their, their ideas across properly. Or there's organizations that have great potential, but that potential is never met because the, the organization kind of gets in its own way. And what, what I'd really like the audience to, to, to get away, get from this is that, you know, we're, we're trying to help them figure out how do they not fall into those traps? Because right now, th this is a space filled with just all kinds of pitfalls that organizations can fall into. And having been there, done that, and fallen into some of them myself, hopefully we can get the audience to understand how to avoid those and, and get closer to success faster. Great answer. How about you, David? Sure, yeah. Um... Good question. So, you know, laws of physics, physics are in, in operation. Organizations are using data science. 
organizations are being buffeted by change and competition. We need to respond, you know, more more adeptly, more quickly. Um, and how can how can data science, you know, help them do that? Um, and ultimately, I think you know the answer both for organizations to be more responsive and for data science to be more effective and useful is to move in this direction that we're you know addressing, which is you know melding the soft side and the hard side, moving towards a more interdisciplinary sort of mode of operation. I, I guess I, I like to say that ultimately we want to be talking and, and bringing some more practical insight to, to this direction, but talking about how, how it's not about the technology, strategy really leaves technology, but beyond that, or, or, or really precedes, you know, or strategic thinking should precede the technology. And, and then even beyond that notion is that culture precedes strategy and ultimately is going to, you know, provide the direction for it. And, you know, really, I guess I'm thinking kind of long-term developing out a kind of a maturity model, you know, for phases of, you know, data science and data science effectiveness and where is your organization and what's next and what do you need to do to move, you know, through those phases from being maybe an organization that doesn't use or adopt, you know, an analytical approach or quantitative approach at all to an approach where you're using, at least using, you know, data, gathering data, being quantitative, but maybe not being, you know, most effective, maybe not even using, you know, primitive forms of data science to getting, you know, further along and using, you know, techniques like machine learning and getting more advanced and then ultimately getting to where, um, and, and really this starts to uh, merge with the whole notion of softer side of data sciences or the soft side of data science, which is, I think, ultimately the, the most effective way to use uh, you know, machine learning, data science is finding ways to combine, combine it with human intelligence. And I think that's really a frontier of, you know, AI or whatever you want to call it these days. And there's no way we're going to be able to effectively combine human intelligence with machine intelligence if we don't meld the soft side and the hard side. So yeah. ultimately, that's the journey I see ahead and the opportunity for, for us in the audience. That's a, that's a great answer. Uh, both both those, Edward and David, are great. So hey, I think I think really I look at this as just a forum to where we see a lot of podcasts. Where I listen to a lot of podcasts, and it seems like a lot of the focus is on that technical side. And I, I know a lot of people, uh, whether you look online or at the Coursera courses or Udemy or any of those, it seems like that is is all the discussion around analytics and data science. And I think this conversation needs to be had. I think you know being a place where we can bring folks together because I think the value is not just for technical folks trying to gain better soft skills and and understand uh, you know what soft skills matter, but it's also a place where the business side can, you know, better collaborate with the, the technical side. So really focusing on how to make the engines run together more smoothly. So that's that's what I'm looking at uh, as the value here. And hopefully others can give us feedback and we'll iterate and we'll bring on some guests and, and try to have fun. Thank you guys.